Welcome to the Beauty School Bobby podcast brought to you by Tennessee School of Beauty. Today we are here with Frank True from Evergreen Beauty College in Seattle, Washington. We are so excited to talk to you. Frank is actually a close friend of Tennessee School of Beauty. Um, There's some connections there that we're going to fill you in on. Um, And we are so excited to talk to you. So welcome to the show, Frank. Oh, thanks, Bobby. I'm super excited to be on here. Awesome. Well, Frank, one of the things um, that I wanted to talk to you about was your family story. So I was absolutely blown away when I got to sit in a class and hear you um, speak about how your family um, has, you know, grown the business that you have today. Um, you work with your siblings. You are a second generation um, of your parents who started the school. Um, there's just so much here to share, and you have such an incredible story. I think that this is one that is actually going to really change people's um, thinking about the beauty industry and kind of who we are and what we are. So I'm really pumped to talk about that. So I want to start with your parents. Um, so tell okay. me about them and how this um, the school was started. Absolutely. So my, my mom was a, um, my parents are from Vietnam, right? And my mom was a, a elementary school teacher back in Vietnam. And in 1975, after the communists took over, she had to flee as a refugee. So when she came to the United States, she wanted to teach, but she couldn't teach because she didn't know the language enough. So she ended up um, enrolling in beauty school, and that's where um, her and my dad uh, met one another. They ended up becoming pregnant with me, and when they graduated, Bobby, it was really difficult during the late 70s for um, refugees to be able to get jobs. So my dad turned to my mom and said, well, you know, if nobody wants to hire us, then we'll hire ourselves. And so they ended up opening up a tiny little salon out in Seattle. And I'm sure, you know, in the industry, when you first start your business, it's really difficult. And so at night, what they would do is they would take me and my brothers and my sister, and we would clean restaurants and offices. And they ended up finding a beauty school that needed to be cleaned. And the owner turned to my dad and said, well, how big is your cleaning company? And my dad totally exaggerated. He said, oh, there's five partners, right? It was him, my mom, and the three kids. <laughs> and, um, and so he ended up getting that account and um, finally the salon, you know, slowly picked up. And then we were able to, one salon became two salons. And then in 1996, my mom turned to my dad and said, you know, I really miss teaching. I want to go back. And my dad said, well, why don't you teach what you know? Why don't you teach cutting hair? And so she found a beauty school out in a city called Linwood that, um, that where she took her instructor training program. And when she finished, the owner um, said that he was ready to retire and he wanted to ask if she'd be interested in taking it over and what was crazy Bobby is at that time my parents thought back to that beauty school they used to clean and that beauty school is that actually the school that we now own so that's how we came to Evergreen Beauty College. That is so incredible I can't even believe and imagine them I mean being a parent now and you have children also which we'll get into that whole next generation (laughs) Um, but for, to imagine like work doing that with the kids, um, do you have memories of that? Or is this just like, this is kind of what you've been told? Or do you actually have memories of, of this happening? Oh, no, I, I, I totally have memories of it. You know, that's, we, we cleaned the restaurants. And I remember some of my greatest memories was, I don't know if you guys have like an, um, what's that, an old country buffet or like a Royal Fork in your, 
in your area, but it's like a big buffet. And I remember sleeping in the booth at night and we thought it was the best gig ever because you had all the free soda you could drink, you know? (laughs) Did you do um, that gross uh, thing with the soda machine where you put every single flavor into a cup? It's disgusting. yeah. (laughs) I love that. So how, do you know, like, how old your parents were when this, like, what age were they when they were starting this business? So my mom was 24. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. my so gosh. When she, yeah, when she went to beauty school. So that she was 24 and my dad, I, I think he was 28 or 29 during that time. Uh-huh. Like so young. I mean, it's got to, it's uh-huh. just crazy to, to look back and I mean, I actually got to see photos of, um, of where you guys started and just imagining like this young family again, I think I just have such a pers- different perspective now that I'm a parent. When I hear these stories, I just immediately kind of put myself in their shoes and like, how did you do this? I mean, it just seems so wild. And I, I really love that you said that, um, that your dad said that he had five people working for him and like just included you guys, <laughs> just included <laughs> you guys in that. I mean, you were business partners without even knowing it, which I really, yeah. I really love that. So, so you, um, kind of grew up in the beauty school. So you saw your mom teaching and kind of got to be a part of that. Did you always love this world or did it just seem like, oh, this is just what my parents do? You know, we, we love being able to support my parents um, in this business. This is really their gig. Um, so none of us, I have five siblings, right? So, and none of us ever thought that we'd ever be part of it. So we helped with what we could, but we all went to school, we graduated, we went to college, and then we all did different areas, you know? So I actually had a real estate company. My, my brother was in pharmaceutical sales and my sister Teresa was in investment banking. Uh, my brother Joe was, uh, well, Joe was in pharmaceutical sales, my other brother worked for um for google and microsoft and so it's like you know so we 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 all did our own thing and we thought this was more of my parenting than anything else yeah so what was it that ended up kind of changed your mind about that i mean were you was there any you know preconceived notion whatsoever of like of this being their business i mean were you just like oh that's not our world it's not what i'm interested in what do you think it was that kind of separated you know this as being an option for you or what was it that made you think like oh that's not a route we're gonna go yeah well i think that's two part for me personally it was um there was a point in about 2002 when my parents where i started my own real estate company and my parents said frank you know now that you have your own business you you have a lot more flexibility can you help the school get accredited and I, i'm not sure how familiar you are with accreditation but it's um but you know it's basically additional certification a school can get and, you know, I told my parents, I have a couple free weekends, right? And that was so naive. It took almost two years to be able to go through that process. <laughs> Bobby, the more that the more that I spent time in the school, the more I realized how much I enjoyed being there. When I said that I had my real estate company, it wasn't the sales side. It was the valuation side. So a lot of it was report writing and, and, and developing, like, valuation analysis. And so it was really independent. But I realized where being part of the school, that was actually more life-giving. And it was there to be able to engage with the students and to be able to help them. And, and, and at that point, that's where I made the decision to come into the business. But like for my, my siblings, you know, it was in 2007 when my dad was really ill. Um, he actually called us all home one night um, and shared with us that he just got back from the oncologist and he had, um, and they gave him four months left to live. And so my, he asked that, you know, all the other siblings thought, can you guys just give me a day or two in the week just to cover stuff at the school so mom and I can spend the next four months together. And so, um, you know, my, my siblings agreed and, and, you know, the doctors gave him four months, God gave him six. And by the end of the six months, 
we sort of looked at each other and we're like, well, what do you guys want to do from here? We did what we needed to do as, you know, as their children. And what if, what do you guys think about working together? And my brother, Joe was, was all gung ho, but my sister, um, she was supposed to go to Singapore to, for her, her job. And, um, and she looked at us and she said, you know, I got a really good gig going. And so if I stick around and do this, then you guys better promise to make it cool. Right. And we said, kids says, if you stick around, we'll, we'll make it cool. And, and that's sort of where we started. And that's sort of how the, the siblings all got together. Do you think that your mom, has your mom ever indicated that like she, they had always hoped this would happen when she sees you all working together now? Um, what, what's her perspective of this? What's her reaction to all of it? Oh yeah. No, I, I think it was always my parents' intention. I think most family business, they want the children to be able to take it on. Right. But I think that they, um, and so now that it's happening, I think my mom couldn't be more thrilled. I mean, we have a, a weekly meeting every week um, with all of us that are in the business to talk about the business. But then on Monday nights, we have our big family gathering too. And so we talk about the business, but it's also a time for us to celebrate the family. And I think my mom is, I think this is very much in line to what she wanted. And I'll have to be honest with you, Bobby, if my dad didn't pass away, I don't think that we would all be doing this, you know, and this is sort of like a gift that we see that he's left us as the opportunity to work together. I mean, Frank, it's so beautiful. You're going to make me cry again. This is the second time I've cried in your glass. I'm going to cry on the podcast. No, I just think it's so beautiful that you guys can have that outlook. And, and I think that it's something so special in a person when you can look back and say, like, you know, this all had to happen because of this and this and this. I really – I think it's important to appreciate that. I think that, like, you're missing out on a piece of life if you don't kind of evaluate why things that weren't ideal, you know, ended up happening and look at where you are. So your mom, um, when your dad passed away, did you just have the one campus, the one location? That's right, yeah. So so we just had the one location up in Everett. And I remember that after my dad had passed, we actually had – um, a, a few other staff members, one of which was Lauren and Chandran. So they were two very young educators that were with us. And um, Bobby, we ended up getting together with them and we're like, hey, you know, this is really our parents' vision and, and now it gets to be ours. So what do you guys want to do, right? And so Lauren and Chandra, and they were, they were very young and they, they, they threw up some goals and we're like, okay. And they're like, oh, we want to be a, a well-respected beauty school, right? And so we wrote that on a piece of paper. And they're like, well, let's grow to three campuses, you know? And we wrote that on a piece of paper. And and we set some other goals. And at the end, I remember one of them saying, hey, if we hit these goals, what are we going to do? And um, and we're like, well, let's do a trip together. Let's go to Hawaii, right? And so we're like, okay, so five years <laughs> we hit this, we'll all go to Hawaii. But what was crazy, Bobby, is that when we fast forward it five years after that, we actually grew to all three schools and we hit those goals and, and we all went to Hawaii together. Aww. And when we were over in Hawaii, we ended up going, that worked pretty good, you know? So um, <laughs> let's go ahead and do it again. So we threw up some more goals and, um, and we're like, well, if we ended up hitting these goals, then, then what do you guys want to do? And they're all like, let's do another trip. So um, five years ago from that it was 2018. So last year we ended up taking 14 people all the way down to, Mexico to celebrate that. No and, way. Um, That's so yeah. awesome. 
And so, yeah. And so, and, and we set some goals down there and we'll see in five years, you know, where we're going to be at. And it'll be a little, it'll be, it'll, it'll be a pretty big party if we hit those goals. That's so <laughs> incredible. So you've had this team of people with you that, that know your parents that, I mean, uh-huh. Lauren was working with your, um, working with your dad and with your mom. So do you think that that has helped you to kind of keep the, um, the, I don't, just kind of the culture of the school intact? Yeah, no, I, and I think that that's been really key, right? And, you know, when, when we look at family businesses, um, there's some different models out there, Bobby, but because we're all part of, you know, sort of Lauren and Chandra and all of us sort of grew up together, like, it's almost like they're siblings, right? And we're part of the sibling partnership. But the, the challenge right now is that as we grow even more, is that our next generation is coming up and they won't have had that interaction with my parents. Yeah. And the trick is how to be able to to capture, you know, my parents' spirit and try to be able to share with these individuals that didn't didn't know my parents, but still understand where their um, their values and their vision was and trying to be able to deliver on that. Yeah. So was there anything that when you um yeah, I don't know if it was within the four months or it was after he got diagnosed or before, but um were there times that you talked about what your dad wanted for the school, what your mom wanted for the school? I mean, I know you're able to still kind of speak to her about about that, but was there anything that you put into place because you're like, This is what dad wanted, or was this more of like your mom's show dad was kind of in the background? Yeah, no, I, I think that there, you know, I think that when they handed it off, it was, it, there was a pretty clear handoff, but, you know, we have what are called our 10 guiding principles and that, um, that we operate by. And I think those 10 guiding principles really do capture a lot of what my parents valued and that, that I think they passed on to us. That is the foundation of how we make our decisions. So, you know, it goes anywhere from like the future professional is our first one, which is the student and then our educators and, and integrity and teamwork and family and, and you know profitability and fun and 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 so we've really taken that and carried it on and it's something that is a very is very alive in our in our in, in our business right now that we definitely visit and we celebrate every year that's awesome. I think it's really great that you're able to to carry that culture. So you have mentioned this next generation, even after you all. I know you all are our second. You've got this third generation um, that is coming up in a very large number. So tell me about um, the grandkids, um, the kids that you have, your siblings' kids, because it is like an army. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, as I shared, we grew up with five kids in our family. So. We, um, we love the big family. So for me, I have, um, I have a handful of kids, like literally a handful. I have three boys and two girls. And then, um, my, my sister has four boys. My brother, Joe, who serves as our president has, um, has four boys and a girl, so that's five. And so when you add up, um, my other two siblings too, there's total, there's a total of 17 grandkids all under the age of 10 right now. (laughs) It is so wild the picture that you showed we'll have to like put a picture on the instagram story or something we have to share this because i think that like hearing those numbers it doesn't seem so crazy but when you put that picture up at that class of all of you guys with all of the grandkids it is wild how many people could possibly be involved in this business one day i mean i know you have a little bit of time to figure all of that out but as a parent you know this is going by in two seconds and we're going to be sending them off to the college just tomorrow. So, um, you know, it's definitely something that you have to plan for. So I want to talk to you about how you plan on incorporating them, what guidelines you've kind of set at this point, um, to see what's going to, what the third generation is going to do. Yeah. 
And, you know, I, I think that it, right now, because they're so young, Bobby, I don't know how clear our guidelines really are, or even if they're going to have an interest in the business. But, you know, I think our odds are pretty good that at least one out of the seven team will be interested. I would put uh, money on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think one thing that was really important for us is that, you know, my brother Joe, when he, he was out of all the five kids, he was the only one that approached my dad about, you know, joining the family business, right? And it was, um, it was right in college. And he said, Dad, I'm ready. And my dad said, um, what makes you think I'm going to hire you, right? <laughs> so, um, and he's all, what are you talking about? He's all like, I'm interested. Like, I, I want to do this. And my dad said, well, why don't you go out and get some experience? And based on that, then you can take it back and then you can help our students and our, our organization a lot more. And I think that, you know, we haven't formalized what this next transition will look like, but I bet you that's going to be something that's going to be important to, to us is for our, our, our kids, if they're interested, that they have to be able to make sure when they come into the business, they're bringing value to it. It's and, really interesting um, that like with, with Joe, I wonder what would happen if he has a different, um, I don't know. I think that as parents, you know, we, we all try to like, I don't know, be different than our parents or just, I don't know. You kind of carry that stuff with you. So I wonder if like, if his kid came to him, if he'd be like, Oh, of course, you know, if he would be like standing there with open arms because he wouldn't want to say no to his kid the way that he was told now. So I'm really like going to need to like be included on what's going to happen with this. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) It's just going to be cool to see like what happens. And I think that, like I said, each of you are so different as siblings. So how many siblings are involved? in the business right now today um so four out of the five are, are active in the operations right and um, we have my youngest brother jacob who helps with some of the maintenance stuff i mean he's uh he's an engineer but he'll, he comes and he participates on a on a like a background level but the the four ones that are in the business is myself my brother joe who serves as our president my sister Teresa, who serves as our vp of finance my brother paul that serves as our um, director of um of IT and then, um, and then, yeah. And then myself, which I mentioned. Yeah, no, that's so awesome. And I think that like you guys having this relationship, can you imagine like what your life would have been like, had you guys stayed at your regular jobs? I mean, are you so much closer with them? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it depending on the day? Like, what can you tell us about working (laughs) together? You know, I, I can share with you that, um, it took a lot of work to get to where we're at today. You know, I think that, where when we first came together, really my mom's main role was just to, to manage us and how we're interacting with each other. Because, you know, we, as, 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 a, as working together, you have that relationship, that professional relationship, but then you layer the family relationship, the family dynamics on top of it. And it can make for a very colorful, um, colorful meetings and, and experience, right? And, um, and the challenge too is that you have siblings, you have birth order and and those things in there too. And yeah. all I can share with you, Bobby, is that there were times where it was really, really hard, you know, um, because you have, um, because things that happen at work, they get carried over to the family dinners, right? Yeah. And and sometimes trying to find those boundaries too. Um, but, you know, I remember one time it, it got really, really bad and we were sitting there and it was hard for me and my sister to even sit at the same table. And later on, my mom said, hey, Frank and Teresa, I need to see both you guys in the basement. And Joe, you come along too. And so we all went downstairs and my my mom said, hey, I know that there's issues right now. And Frank, you've been complaining about Teresa. Teresa, you've been complaining about Frank. And Joe, you've been complaining about both of them. And we need to resolve this. 
I love that she called him out for complaining about both of you guys. <laughs> She's like, and both of you are getting complained about by Joe. I like that. <laughs> so it's like, so we, you know, we, we had a pretty straightforward talk. And at the end, Bobby, you know what she made us do is she said, Frank, now I need you to go over there and hug your sister. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like 40 years old. Really? Like, cause I'll know, really. And then I went over there and I, I hugged Teresa. And you know what though? It's, it is really hard to be mad at somebody after you hug them, you know? And it was, it was, it's just things like that where we had to grow past. And I think we're closer now more than, more than ever. But, you know, the, just like anything, there's, there's pride and ego that, that get in the way. And, and we've had to learn how to be able to address that. Yeah. And you guys do a great job. You, you gave a lot of tips at the conference on things that you do and, and ways that you keep this from being super complicated with you being in a sibling business relationship. Um, is there any part of you that's that I, again, with your kids being so little, it's, it's hard to tell, or it's probably hard to answer these questions, but do you want this for them do you want them to work together or do you want them to do your own thing their own thing I mean I know it's easy to just be like well I just want them to do like whatever makes them happy but does it ever make you nervous that it could it could destroy relationships yeah no I, and I think that the, 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 what you mentioned there is a reality right is that like being part of family business is not easy and um and if you're not careful it really can destroy families and I think that that's one thing that we had to be very conscientious of um, you know, do, do I wish that our kids would be involved in this? I, I do because I believe in the business. I believe in the mission of what, what beauty schools do and us as an educational institution. And I think that it's, it's something I want to do for the rest of my life. So it, that's how much I believe it. I hope that my children will, will find purpose in that too. Um, and there, there's, a, there's also an element of working together as a family. I mean, 80%, and it, it was crazy when, we're, when we look at the statistics, is that you look at it, and a significant number of businesses worldwide are owned by family businesses, right? And I think that, you know, where we're 50% of the U.S. GDP is contributed by family businesses. And, 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 you know, when you look at family businesses compared to non-family businesses, they outperform it. Uh, they outperform non-family businesses in both revenue and income growth and in market capitalization. And, um, and there's something really neat about it. And I think it's because it's family businesses allow you know, they allow a lot of innovation. There's a real strong sense of stewardship. And, and I think people that work for family business are willing to work harder because there's a greater purpose that you're driving towards. And I hope that my kids will be able to sort of reap the benefits of, of growing up in that environment. Yeah. One of the things with, um, with Adam's son, Stephen coming into the business and, you know, possibly being fifth generation that we, we talk about a lot. Um, Adam and I have conversations of like, you know, oh, I hope he picks this up. If he learns anything from us, you know, I hope it's this, or I hope he sees like that the students are number one priority and we, you know, do everything we can to be good to students and to staff and, and all of those Mm -hmm. things. What do you think that the most important thing that you want your kids to understand if they were to come into this business, what's like the one lesson, um, that you'd want them to carry on, um, you know, with, when they're running the business? I think that I think that's a really great question. I, I'll need a quick minute to think about this. Yeah, no, and it's um, hard. Like, like I said, I think that for you with your kids being so young, it's hard to uh, it's hard to know or even imagine this happening because right now you're still like, well, they can't even put on their shoes yet, or you know. Yeah, you know, I, I um, you know, I think that one of the key things is that whether it's for our our, our children or even for our team member, 
is that this is a huge responsibility, right? People are coming to you to be able to learn and to be able to train. And, you know, it's much more than teaching how to cut hair, mm -hmm. how to be able to do a facial or, or a full set of nails, right? It's about how to be able to help build these individuals that are coming into your school um, and, and to help them make, help them become successful for the road ahead. And I, I think that that's one thing that, um, that, that it, it's, it's important. It's like, you know, my, my mom has always shared, like, you know, ultimately, yeah, it, it has our name on it. Um, but this is really God's school and, and he's entrusting us to be able to be responsible stewards of this. And I think that that's what I want to make sure that I would want my, my staff, but also, and whether my staff or my children to be able to understand that, that it's, it's a pretty incredible responsibility that you hold. It really is. And when, and when I met you and what has been so easy to speak to you is I do think that you all operate on a similar um, in a similar way that we do. And that is so important. And I think that, I mean, I've had graduates and students and, and share that information, um, that it's different. It's family. They're part of this family. Um, and they are just as important to us as our family at times. I mean, we talk to them and love them the way that we love our family and want the best for them. And so I think that that's so true that, and I don't know if it's beauty industry specific because I, I didn't ever feel it when I went to traditional college. So, so I'm going to say that I at least think it's maybe um, a different a different way, but I just think it's really important and it's really something that's special that we get to have this connection with them. And again, it's just, it's not taken lightly. And sometimes being on the administration side, it's hard because you do care so much. And when you see potential in someone, um, for me being in admissions, when I have that tour with somebody and I'm like, they are going to be so incredible. And when they hit bumps along the way, it's hard not to want to pick them up. You know, you want to help yeah. them and you want to make sure that they're okay. And it's, and then it's like, not even just when they graduate or when they're in school, it's when they graduate too, you know, we're going to their weddings where they're bringing their babies in when they have their babies. I mean, there really is just such a connection. Um, and just like you said, you said it best. I mean, it's a responsibility to these students. Um, that in turn, I think makes better stylists It makes better estheticians. You have to have this compassionate heart. I think to be successful in this industry. So I think getting that at a beauty school or going to a beauty school, no matter where you're located, you know, finding a beauty school that you can feel at home at and feel like you're actually cared about will make a very big difference in where your career ends up. Yeah. You know, and I think just being part of a beauty school too, Bobby, is that it's also a very humbling business, right? It's that you, you, you go in there and, and I, I see like some certain days I'm like, man, you know, we're doing such a good job. And then there are other days where, and, and there are a lot of other days where I look at it, I'm like, we could do so much better. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also those days, it's, 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 a, it's humbling, right? Because you're like, man, I want to give so much to my students only if I, and I need to figure out a way to be able to do it. And, you know, like, I'm sure like our school is just like every other school is that we have challenges just like other schools. And, you know, but the commitment we have is that every month if we can get a little bit better, mm -hmm. then, then that's, then, then that's how we have to be able to move towards that. Yeah. yeah. And I luckily, like I have this thing and sometimes, you know, like Adam will see it or know it or, or Chad knows it and sees it. Like when I'm stressed out, when I have those moments of like, okay, either you just had a hard day or whatever it is, or you're frustrated or whatever, I just walk into a classroom and I have this easy fix that is right outside my office door that immediately 
puts me in a better mood because I know that this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm so passionate about these students and, and they can put a smile on my face just from walking in the room and they don't know that I'm coming in because I needed to get out of my office for a minute. You know, like they have no clue. They think I'm just popping in. Um, but it literally will fix you. And I think that that's something that I just know like in my heart that I would not be able to find um, in a different industry. And so I know that we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but you went to traditional college um, and then, you know, ended up in the beauty school. I think that we might feel a different way because we have a different experience that we're bringing into it. So I want to talk to you about that um, and talk a little bit about college and what strengths that gave you um, that you're still utilizing today with the school. When I went to school, I, I went to Seattle University, right? And it was, um, and they, I really was attracted to that school because they really looked at education on a very holistic level. So I got my degree in finance and marketing, but part of my requirements is I had to take philosophy classes. I had to do community service. I had to, I had to take literature classes. And I think that it really focused on the, the overdevelop, the, the full development of the person. And I think going through, um, through that school, that's how I, it, with that, sort of that, that experience that I'm taking here into the school is I realized it's not about just developing these students technically. It's about helping them develop their, their leadership, their, their business skill set, and also their spirit um, to be able to serve. And, and that's really shaped on how, we, how we've developed Evergreen Beauty College. I mean, we have very large community service events each year. Um, like we have what's called our back to school haircut and um, events. For, I think between the two campuses, um, two months ago, we did almost like 900 people. Why? And just doing free wow. haircuts for the community. Yeah. Wow, that's so incredible. Yeah. And then we did, um, and every Christmas, what we do too is we have what's called um, Haircuts with Santa, and we bring in um, Santa Claus and we do photos with Santa and we do free haircuts, manicures, and, and things for the kids. And some of our schools in a much more, um, like, you know, I, I guess you'd call it blue-collar communities, right? And so what we've been able to do is not only allow them to take a picture with Santa, but also give them a good haircut for the holidays and allow their families to sort of save money there that they can put it towards, like, the holiday festivities, you know? And I think it, it's things like that that my, my experience at Seattle U has really helped me um, sort of bring that towards what we're doing right now. You know, I I think that um, I think traditional colleges. I think that there's some there's some great benefits, but there's also some really big things that that traditional schools miss out on. And one is the clear application of some of the skill set. Right? right. It's like we go and we learn all these. Um, like we're able to learn different concepts. And we're able to um, to contextualize these ideas, but there's not a very clear application um, in some of these classes. But um, and, and so I see that as an area that the traditional schools can definitely learn from, um, from, from the trade, right, from beauty schools. But in return, I think beauty schools can learn sort of like just this overall development of the person um, from, from them. Yeah, I really love that idea. I really, I think that it's so important to get back. Even when we're on tours with students, we definitely talk about what we're doing in the community because we want them to understand that they'll have the opportunity to be a part of things, um, just exactly like what you're talking about. And we opened up a salon in the Boys and Girls Club and immediately we're like, oh, we're going to be, you know, helping all these kids. And it ended up helping our students in the craziest way. I mean, they came back so excited and showing us videos of the kids 
kids that they had met and all that stuff. And I, for some reason, that hadn't crossed my mind as what was going to be a benefit. Like when we started this, I was like, oh, it's going to be so great for the kids that are at Boys and Girls Club and free haircuts and all that. I hadn't thought about the impact um, that it was going to have on our students in such a positive way. So I think it's so beautiful and so good to just start that while they're in school because a lot of salons, um, you know, put that into their culture as well. So as long as, you know, we have these resources to give back and we have this, you know, special role in this industry of being able to touch people and like having that one-on-one relationship and really making a difference. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's good to motivate a student in that way because they feel good and it just gives you, it like lights that fire in you that yes, we're in the beauty industry and you know, what people may think of it, you know, are these high-end salons and where they get their hair done and just not really having a true understanding of, of what really is behind it and how good it really is. It makes me so happy that, that you guys are participating in that way. And I hope there's a ton of other beauty schools, you know, doing this as well, because I think it's, it's easy to get caught up in, in the dollar and, you know, it, it being a business, but it's good to remind yourself that that's not what it's all about. We have this way and this capacity that we actually are able to give back to people. And I just think that that's so incredible. So is that something that you're going to continue to do even this year? You guys have a plan for that? Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, the, the two events I shared with you, we've been probably doing it for like, I don't remember, maybe eight or nine years already. So for sure, we're going to continue to do that. Um, But, you know, there's, but that's the thing about our industry is that they, there's so much, the the people that are part of our industry, they're they're here because they want to take care of people they want to serve, right? And, um, and if we could start that in beauty school, that's one thing, but there's some really great partnerships of other organizations put together by stylists and estheticians Mm -hmm. to continue that. There's a great program called the Beyond Project, and it basically links current, um, with that, it, like current professionals with different um, services, um, opportunities to be able to serve different communities out there. And whether it be here in the, the States or, or overseas, there there's some really great partnerships. And when we've been really involved with them, and our students have gone on to be able to continue to serve um, and extend out that, that, service, that, that, that service to the community too. That's so great. I really, really love that because I think it's a side of this industry that um, not everybody knows exists. We talk about this a lot, but um, we always say there's this connection between, and I I assume that this happens in Seattle as well. It's not just in Tennessee, but um, that there's that connection between like nursing and uh, in the beauty industry and like whether it be uh-huh. aesthetics or cosmetology we have so many people that have come in and that have said oh I'm you know I'm a nurse currently or I was gonna go to it was either nursing or cosmo and I picked whatever you know I think that <laughs> when you have that um, that heart to give back I mean obviously being a nurse you have to have a big heart and and I think that in this industry you have to also I think that when students are considering beauty schools um, like I said it's not always something that they might consider but the the great part is that we have a year to do so much with people and yeah my favorite part is what you've mentioned watching these students grow um from the time that they start to the time that they finish and all the bumps in between um has to be like a highlight of my job is that kind of what keeps you in this too oh i i, I mean without a doubt i think that it's the ability to be part of being able to join people for this part of their life right here and and knowing that you had some type of impact into to the future that they have. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, I really love that. So what is um, something that you guys are facing as a challenge um, either at the school right now or um, just kind of a challenge that you see in the industry? Is there anything that has your focus, your attention right now? 
You know, I, I think that right now, one of the things that we have noticed is just the change in, in people's aspirations after they graduate. I think for a very long time, people had gone to school and they wanted to be able to work for a specific salon or, or a shop or a spa, right? And, and now as the new generation of stylists and estheticians and nail techs are coming into the business here, that they have an aspiration to go out and just be entrepreneurs and work for themselves. And we see the studio suites and, and um, the booth renting. And, um, and I think it's trying to be able to help adapt and help people prepare better for that, uh, for that road and, and, and that goal. Um, and I think that the other thing is that people are learning differently, you know, and, and, um, and as we're going through it, we're still on a clock hours program, just like the rest of the country, but how to be able to integrate different learning modalities and whether integrating on online dirtying or, or online learning or digital learning into our current curriculum. And so those are things that we're trying to keep in mind. Yeah. Now you had mentioned kind of the suites, um, you know, going out into students working on their own. Um, is that something that you, I mean, I know that you had said that you've kind of, um, worked on it a little bit or adapted, adapted to that. Can you speak to that a little bit and tell me kind of what you guys are doing as a school to either encourage, discourage, where are you guys at with that right now? Yeah. So I, I think that there's, uh, there's a clear entrepreneurial spirit, right? And I think that when you have that, you have to help encourage and develop that. But what we have to do is we have to help students take that spirit and, um, and really be thoughtful in their implementation of that, uh, of that. And so what we have is we have a, a five month, um, like a, a five book business training program through the Nets and Bolts program. And it teaches students how to be able to develop a clientele how to be able to understand the, the importance of retailing, develop their business. And it even touches on social media as well. And I think that's how we've been trying to arm our students for, um, for the road ahead if this is what they want to be able to do. I mean, and the other thing is that to be able to foster that spirit of entrepreneurship, but also the reality of business is that, you know, it takes time and it takes blood and sweat to be able to achieve and build a small business. And we've been trying to help them understand those expectations. So if you want to be able to do this, to be able to do it in uh, in a in a smart and um, in a smart way where you're going to be um, hedging your risk too, right? And so we've encouraged students that if they want to do that, to make sure that they have a good foundation to find a good mentor and maybe be a little patient to be able to to um, to learn and to work in an environment before they venture out on their own. So that, that's how we've been trying to blend it. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that you, I was actually going to ask you and you kind of answered the question, but I was going to ask you if you, um, with you being a business owner, I was going to ask you if maybe you kind of have a perception of like, I mean, one of the reasons I started this podcast is because I wanted to make sure that students knew good, bad, ugly before they came into the industry. I'm so real and I want everyone to be so informed of like what to expect. So I was going to ask you if you kind of share the hard parts of being a business owner um, you know, with, if you are that real to students as well, to show them not only like, yes, you can do X, Y, Z and here's how you do taxes and that, but like, how much do you go into, but this is really hard work because the truth is it's not for everybody. Um, you know, being your own boss isn't, um, isn't going to be great for everybody or be the, the right move. So I was going to ask you kind of how you handle that. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'll share with you earlier today, Bobby, I actually met with one of our estheticians that graduated about two years ago, and she started her business, and she was struggling, and, and we met up this morning just to be able to talk about that. And I think that the, the area that was really helpful for her, and I think for a lot of students, is understanding that 
you know, there there are really three types of people in a in a small business. You have, and it's based on the E myth by Michael Gerber, right? You have people that are really great technicians, right? And that want to go out and they want to open up their business because they're good at what they do. But what we also have to realize is that you have to have a component of yourself that is a manager, and there's a component of yourself that's an entrepreneur. And when you go into business, you have to make sure that you're either comfortable with all three or you are comfortable with one or two of those, and you're willing to be able to get help on the other portion. Otherwise, it becomes extremely frustrating. Is that, you know, you do it, you, they start these businesses, these salons or these barbershops or these spas because they love taking care of their guests. But when the business begins to evolve and grow, you know, you spend less time taking care of the guests and you spend more time working with your staff members or inventory or managing your budget. And, um, and you have to be ready for that because so much of the passion sometimes is in touching the guests that the students have to realize that that's what they're really signing out for if they want to be able to go into business for their own. Yeah, we have a lot of graduates that have, you know, talked about going into these suites and um, there's big salons in the area that have lost top employees um, to the suite situation and whether they're on their own or they're sharing a suite, um, it's really hard to, I mean, we stay as close as it sounds like you do um, and meeting up with them before they're making these big decisions. And it's, it's one thing that I always say, you know, to make sure that they're ready to handle, um, especially when I have young moms that are going out on their own, you know, I want to warn them of, you know, when your kids are sick, when you need to stay home, you're handling all of this now. Um, there's a huge, huge part of, um, of booking and, and all of that, that now falls on you. And you know how stressful it is when you wake up and your kid's sick and you're scrambling for, all right, we've got to get bases covered and who's staying home and who's doing what, you know, it's to add to that list of, okay, now I need to let my clients know and I'm not going to be able to move them. I need to move appointments. And there is so much good that can come of it. Um, and I think there's a certain point in a career where it's, where you definitely can do that, but it's those kinds of things that are, that are so important to teach. And it's important that we talk about it because, um, it's not something that maybe they've considered until they're, they're in that situation. And exactly like you brought up, it can take your time away from the guest. It can take you out of the thing that you love the most about this industry. So I think that, um, it's important to have these conversations and to make sure that you have a mentor or somebody that you're comfortable talking to um, about it before you you make these big jumps because it is a change in the industry across the country and you know as, as school owners and you know we have to kind of be responsible to the student as well to make sure that we're yes like you said giving them the tools um, you know that they need but being honest with them also. So one more question. One of the things that we always like to ask on this, um, on the podcast is what advice do you have, um, as somebody that's been in the industry and somebody that has a school, what advice do you have for somebody that's thinking about coming into this industry and is looking to start beauty school? You know, I, I guess my advice, um, to them is that for, for them to be clear on why they want to be able to come into this business. I think that sometimes the glamour, like, you know, they see the runways and they see, all the, 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 um, all the work that's in the magazines and on TVs, I mean, it's very sexy. But when you come into the business, you have to realize that you're here and your real intention is to be able to serve. And if that's why they want to be able to come into the industry, then they're going to be very, very successful in doing that. And so you can do all the other things that are really fun, but really you have to come into it with, with the desire to be able to serve. Yeah, I think that's great. Great advice because I think that we've talked about this again a lot on the podcast, but this isn't like the easy way out. 
and that's what's yeah. really hard is I think that people need to understand the work that you have to put into, you know, I think that students now are seeing like, oh, they're Instagram famous and I'm following this influencer and that and look how easy I can get it. But it's just, it's just not the situation. It's just not reality. Um, there is a lot yeah. that goes into it. And, and we, you know, can joke and say, you know, I have stylists that will, you know, talk about certain clients that they had or, you know, in beauty school or, you know, funny things that had happened to them because, I mean, you're really getting everything when you're on that you know on that clinic floor but where that grew to them I almost always hear them say um you know oh this happened and but I knew what to do because in beauty school this happened you know and so I think that that experience on the floor is always so scary to students but but also so valuable and it is like you said it's probably one of the most unsexy things about the industry um but it's it is what it is and it's part of it and I think that when you have the passion you have the drive all of those negatives aren't so negative um um, there's, you know, a positive for, for everything that happens. And, and Bobby, I think that the other thing is that, you know, we're, we're, it's the, the my advice also would be just to expand on that would be like to embrace the difficult moment mm-hmm. because those are the times that are going to, that are really going to grow you. You know, you're right. It, it is, it's not an easy business, but most things in life that are worth it aren't easy. Right. And it's, um, but one thing is that it's meaningful. And, and my mom raised five kids as a hairdresser. And, and I see all the people around me and how successful they are, but, um, but it's because they really understand the purpose and what they're doing. And it's really an incredible business. And, and, and when they hit those hard times to embrace it and learn from it and don't quit, because I think that that's the hardest thing. Sometimes people will say, oh, I might, you know, I don't know, it's hard or, or I've lost my passion. And you're like, no, you just haven't really understood your passion yet. You have to move through these hard parts. And and you're going to be doing this for a very long time. So don't give up too early. Yeah, so I love that. So before we get off of here, I want to let everyone know where we can follow you. So evergreen underscore beauty college on Instagram. Thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you so much to our sponsors, Tennessee School of Beauty. You can follow them at TN School of Beauty on Instagram and Facebook. Visit them at www.tennesseeschoolofbeauty.com. Follow me at beautyschoolbobby underscore podcast and visit our website, www.beautyschoolbobby.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, bye. Thank you.